Gentlemen, non-binary persons, ladies, Wolverine and Jessica Jones, the audio presentation you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We recommend that you do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or money that you need to pay bills. Our host past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will make sure you have the information you need to get the help that you need. Everything discussed in this podcast is based in factual events. Names and dates may be altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, enigmatic, charismatic, evolutionary, revolutionary, your incognito dispenser of casino wisdom. Welcome to episode 83 of our Casino Combat Podcast, All as always, recorded live without a studio audience in the Casino Combat Studio in Parts Unknown. I greatly appreciate your time spent listening today. My goal each and every episode is to entertain, educate, and inform on topics related to winning the game of casino gambling. The battle plan this week includes a Gambling with Gabriel segment to discuss one of the casino's wisdoms that he just recently got on board with, have an explanation of why, and an illustration of how things worked out for him. We are going to do a core concept segment. As always, spelling concepts with a K to discuss one of the core concepts that I think I often overlook. I did not travel last week, but we will have a results segment so I can share how things went during the week. It will reflect back on what we're going to talk about in the core concepts, and we will finish in the virtual VIP lounge with one of my favorite quick stories about gambling in Las Vegas. So that is the battle plan. Before we get into all of that, we have a variety of things going on in the Casino Combat Galaxy that you need to know about. No, Guardian and the Jet did not check in, but other members of our squad have been busy, and I want to catch you up on what's been going on with them. First up, East Coast Emissary, Inner Circle member ECE, sent me a prompt, and he said, I know basic strategy says always split eights, but here's the situation that's causing me to ask the question. I'm using betting system one. That's TRG wagering system one, everybody. And he says, I'm up close to, but not quite yet at my winning exit amount. I've lost three hands in a row, bet, and I'm now betting four and a half units. I'm dealt eights and the dealer is showing a king. So I could split them, get a few small cards and bust the first hand. And then the second hand, I'm dealt another eight. Basic strategy says split again, which I do. And now after losing four and a half units, I have nine units on the table in a weak position. I bust on the second hand. On the third hand, I stand on 17. And the dealer turns over a jack and beats me easily. He says, I angrily leave the table, realizing I went from a session win to a loss due to one. And then he has lots of symbols, so we will insert swearing there. Bad hand. So the question becomes, if you have a low probability of a win, split or double with the maximum bet and protecting a win stack, would you ever abandon basic strategy? Do you abandon basic strategy to protect the win? 
It's a great prompt. It is a great question. East Coast Emissary always comes with something that is challenging and interesting, and that's why I always take the time to kind of share all of that with all of you. We all need to benefit from thinking like this. That's the purpose of having squad mates, right? That's the purpose of having allies. That's how I finally refined all of this because Gabriel was the first person I could have these kinds of conversations with. Very, very interesting question. So here's my thinking. Specifically on this topic, I think if it's going to be a protect the win and leave move, I respect that. I respect saying... I have a win if I play basic strategy. I'm not going to have a win. So I'm going to play it wrong and then I'm going to leave. Regardless of the outcome, I am going to leave after this hand no matter what. I will have a win that I'm happy about. I will protect my uh, emotions, if you will. I'll avoid saying those swear words and being angry about one bad hand and I'll walk away and I'll get out of the gambling space I'll take a walk, I'll look at the ocean, I'll look at the fountain, I'll check in with the person that's there gambling with me, I'll do something and leave and protect the win. I don't have a problem with that. Where I do start to have a problem is if you don't make the basic strategy play and then don't leave. Because now you're not protecting the win. Now you're just opening yourself up to another problem. Take it as a win if it's a win. Take it as a loss if it's a loss, but leave the table either way. Yeah, I get that. In fact, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a situation where I might have liked to have done that and didn't a little later in the episode. Great prompt that fits in well. So he and I emailed back and forth a little bit about this, and and as I was kind of sharing that thought process with him, he then followed up with, so what about even money on blackjack? Look, I'll be honest, me, me personally, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm probably not going to take even money on the four and a half unit bet. Uh, I find that for me personally, when I get start breaking some of those hard and fast rules that I know the math behind, it just becomes a slippery slope. And that's just me personally. But once again, I get it. I get it if it's a... Four and a half units gives me a nice win that I'm going to be happy with and I'm going to leave the table. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to be tempted to take even money and then stick around and go down to the one unit bet and then keep playing. As I said, for me, that's the slippery slope. But I I can see the even money there if it's this gives me the win I need to walk away. I absolutely do get that. And then I want to go one step further because there is another situation in which I often do not play correct basic strategy. And it has nothing to do with the amount of money that I've wagered. And it goes kind of something like this. I've made my bet. I split a hand that should be split. The first hand should be a double. Suppose I have a 10 or an 11 against a dealer's, we're making it up. So it's a dealer's five. I split, I, I get my 10, I split, I get a 10 or an 11, I double and I get 21 on that first hand. Second hand, I also get a card that says I should double. And in that case, I often do not. And my logic is this. The first hand is a 21. Unless it's a push, I'm going to get paid and it's a double. So I'm going to get paid twice what is on the second bet. 
So in that case, I often consider the first hand insurance against the second hand of the split. And even if mathematically, even if basic strategy says I should double, I do not. And regardless of the one card I take on that hand that should be doubled, I do not take another card for any reason. And my logic is that, okay, I could get a really great card if I doubled on that second hand, but I could get a really lousy card and lose. And if I double both hands, have 21 on the first, 20, and, and get something bad on the second, and I win the first hand and lose the second hand, the whole hand is a push. Conversely, if on the second hand I do not double, regardless of the outcome, I should win at least one unit, right? I should win at least one unit. I may win three, but if I win the double and lose the second hand, then I'm still okay and I'm still moving forward and I'm still winning. So that is one situation where I do not play basic strategy often consistently. It doesn't happen very often. People often look at me like I'm weird and they don't understand it. That's just me. I like using the first hand as insurance versus the second hand. Excellent prompt, excellent question, excellent thoughts. Are there times to not play basic strategy to protect the win? Yeah, I think there are. I think we've seen two really good ones, three really good ones here maybe if you want to include mine, but the key is particularly on the first two, then have the discipline to walk away. If you're not going to leave the building because you're on a trip, that's fine. Just walk away and do something else for a little while. Always appreciate ECE's questions. He is our East Coast emissary for a reason. Next up. <laughs> so episode 81, I was talking about retrogressive wagering. And I used craps as an example, well, an illustration. They were illustrations, not examples. Um, but I used craps as an illustration of where I do like that go down after you win approach. And I don't like that very often. And then I tried to use horse racing as a secondary illustration. And so I got an email from Inner Circle member Equine Ensign, who is ninth to the ring, who owns a racehorse, who actually knows something about betting on racehorses, which I did tell you at the time, I do not. It is not one of the primary forms of gambling that I do. And so he wrote to tell me that he appreciated all of that, but well, you know what? <laughs> he tried to politely say maybe I was wrong. He didn't have to say be polite. He, I told you I really don't know anything about horse racing. So let me share his words and thoughts with you because he actually does know something about horse racing. And so E Squared says, it was nice to see you use horse racing as an example in episode 81. I wanted to make sure the casino combat world and see he's a new inner circle member. So he... He's not realizing that it should be the Casino Combat Galaxy here. We are bigger than a world. We could have also been a squad. Uh, so uh, let me do a little gentle edit there. I wanted to make sure the Casino Combat Galaxy knows that the way you describe the retrogressive betting won't necessarily work with show betting. That's a type of horse betting. As I said, we are seeing the illustration that I don't necessarily know how to bet on horses. So uh, E squared continues many times. A show bet pays between $0.10 cents and $1 on every $2 bet. So you really aren't getting much money back if they finish in the top three. The payout for show betting really comes down to how much money is in the show pool and how much percentage of that is put on each horse that finishes in the top three. There are some really good show payouts 
but it's really a gamble to try to bet it retrogressively and make a profit. So I've been corrected, I've been educated, and that's part of the reason I do this podcast is to learn the things I don't know. I try to say regularly, I do not know everything about all forms of gambling. I really just want to learn everything about gambling before I exit this spinning world. So he continues, one fun way I show bet is when I'm with a group. Okay, cool. We pick on how much we decide, not pick, we decide on how much to bet on each race, say $5 on each race. Each person is responsible to pick a horse in an assigned race. Every time we win money, we keep parlaying that into the next race. If we did well, parlay, let me back up, parlaying is just adding what you won to what you bet to make a late, a large bet. If we did well, we can make a decent little profit. You can also do this on your own. Also, if I bet a horse to show, I'm not necessarily looking for the winning horse because they typically don't pay well. I look for horses that I feel can do well or feel I have an outside chance to possibly win. These are horses that may pay well in a show bet. One way that I bet horses to win is that I have a set amount of money that I want to win for the day, and I divide that by the number of races for the day. For example, let's say I want to win $100 for the day, and there are 10 races. I'll divide what I want to win by the number of races, so I would want to win $10 in each race to meet my goal. The amount I need to bet will depend on the odds on the horse as the horses enter the gate. I wait until as close to the start of the race as possible since the odds are always changing. Here's an example. If race one, I want to win $10 and the horse's odds are 5 to 1, I only have to make a $2 bet. The horse wins, so I need to, so I need to win $10 in race two. The horse goes off at 3 to 1, so I bet $4 to win 12 instead of $3 to win 9 and it loses. Now in race three, I need to win the $10 from race two and the $4 that I bet, so I want to win a total of $24 in race three, $14 from race two, and $10 from race three, and I continue like that. Typically, I will not bet a horse if the odds are below two to one, and I carry the needed race money over to the next race. Excellent, excellent. This is why we have a podcast. This is why we have a squad. This is why I'm doing this so that we can all learn from each other. I told you when I did episode 81 that I really don't know anything about betting horses that I often just go color or horse's name or something like that. Here, our Inner Circle member has given us all a much more advanced and sophisticated way of approaching wagering on horses. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it so much that I am going to look for an opportunity as the weather starts to get nicer for Mrs. TRG and I to be at a horse track sometime and try to put this into good use. Thank you very much, Equine Ensign, for taking the time to send that over to me. I greatly appreciate it. I think all the squad will benefit from that. Last item from the Casino Combat Galaxy. We have just finished a major, major, major update to the Casino Combat website. It is Casino Combat combat with a K.com. Uh, Fred is fully up and running. 
So any of the things that you used to have to email for, you don't have to do that anymore. We have Fred completely integrated into the website and you can download things there. We have the TRG Recommends segment. If you want your own vest, if you uh, want some earrings that Mrs. TRG likes, if you want to see some of the tools that I think are useful, if you want some of the books from the authors that we've had on the podcast, all of that is there in the TRG Recommends segment. I also have a blog uh, area of the web website up. I'm going to be populating it more fully, but I, I do have the vocabulary of casino combat up as a blog post, all the terms, words, and phrases that uh, get used in the podcast that apply to the podcast. We also have a blog post that describes in written form, all of the core concepts of, of casino combat. So check out the website, take a look, Feedback always appreciated, but we've greatly enhanced and expanded that part of what we try to do to, as Billy with the great last name always says, be gamblers, helping gamblers be better at gambling. That is what uh, we try to do. That is one of his philosophies. It's one that I fully embrace. All right, we have a battle plan. We are updated as what on what is going on in the Casino Combat Galaxy, and next up is Gambling with Gabriel. For those of you who are new, for those of you who may be unaware, Gabriel is a longtime friend of mine and a fellow gambler. He is the angel messenger of Casino Combat. He existed before Casino Combat existed and often helps interpret and expand my gambling-related thoughts and ideas. Now, often Gambling with Gabriel segments are about craps. Craps was a, a thing that, you know, he kind of talked me into trying, getting off the idea stage getting off the experiment stage and actually getting into. It's become kind of a regular part of what we do. But today I got something different for you. I got something very, very different. I wanted to share with you a slot machine related set of events. You see, until very, very recently, Gabriel did not believe in Casino Wisdom number 22, which is always play your free slot play. And I never really understood that. That never really made sense to me. And I would bust his chops about it a little bit just once in a while. I felt like, gosh, you know, you've got TRG slot strategy one, by the way, boy, I'm, this is going to take some getting used to. I'm going to have to make some adjustments here, folks. Slot strategies. If you're interested in the slot strategies, I have two of them. They work together. They form a set of tactics for attacking the game of slots and benefiting from it in casino combat form. And if you go to the casinocombat.com website, if you go to the Fred section, you can download Casino Combat Slot Tactics, an ebook that I wrote to explain exactly how we place, play slots. But I never understood why Gabriel didn't use TRG Slot Strategy 1 and take the free money that comes with using that. It's a no-risk way to get some money and often more than some money. So Gabriel calls me a couple weeks ago, sends me a text actually, and says he'd like to meet me at, the, at our local casino. He has got a ridiculous, like 600 days pay worth of free tax-free imaginary money. He has a ridiculous, and maybe I didn't do the math right in my head, and I am doing it in my head. He had, without going into real numbers, he had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in free imaginary tax-free money in his account. 
more money than he's realistically going to spend on comp dinners and sporting events and merch in the merch store. So he wanted to understand how to turn that money into that imaginary money into free slot play and how to, how to put it through a slot machine. Obviously, I'm more than happy to do that. Not a big deal. I'm usually down at my local casino multiple times a week anyway. And as we were going through it, it started to now make some more sense. I started to understand things from his point of view. Never played a slot machine. Not once. Ever. Didn't know how to turn free slot, free money, free tax, free imaginary money into free slot play. Didn't know how to run it through the machine. Didn't understand any of that. And didn't want to put all that thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into the machine by accident. Because he didn't understand how it worked, didn't understand what to do. So, walked him through the process, showed him how to do it, and then here's my first pointer. Here's my first coaching thing. You don't all have a me. I mean, you all have a me in the terms of I, I come through your device and you can listen to my thoughts and what I'm saying, but you don't always have you don't all have somebody like me that you can say, hey, meet me at the casino and show me how to do this. So, if you've been given free slot play and you do not know how to use that free slot play, you go to the Players Club and you tell them exactly that. You say, I was given free slot play, how do I use it? And in my experience, almost all casinos have behind the counter at the Players Club desk a instruction card, some type of thing that they will give you to say, here, you go to the machine, you push this, you push this, you push this. And I can't give you anything more specific than that, because every casino is different or every casino brand is different. Some places it's all on the touchscreen. It's very simple and easy. You push the icon that's the dollar sign. You say free play, uh, send free play to machine. It's all touchscreen. It's all easy. Some places you have to know to hit the promo button on a little tiny keypad. It's a button like a calculator. You need to press promo and then you need to press two and then you need to press five and then you need to key in the dollar amount that you want. And it's a little more complicated. So I can't tell you generically how to do it on every machine at every brand. But what I can tell you is that I have never been in a casino where I didn't know how to get my free slot play. And I went to the desk and I said, hey, how do I get my free money? into the machine and they went figured out that's never happened that has never ever ever happened so if you don't know how if you're a little intimidated if you've never done it and you do not have a trg to come to the casino with you and walk you through it the way gabriel did go to the players club tell them what you need to learn and they will take care of educating you that is their job so that is how you can handle that even in the absence of your own personal trg in your own personal local casino so i walked him through it we took out i forget two hundred dollars of of free slot play from his free imaginary tax free money we spun it through he used trg slot strategy one he collected all his winnings and it did not go particularly well education had occurred he had more knowledge. He would be comfortable doing it again on his own. He had gotten to ask questions. He'd gotten the tutorial. But truth be told, we want enough for us to each go have a, a drink at the bar and talk about other things. <laughs> and that's about all he won. It was not particularly impressive. He was not particularly impressed. Fast forward a little bit and I get a text from Gabriel saying... I think I just won over 16 days pay. 
and I don't know what this means. And he sends me a picture from the slot machine that says, congratulations, hand pay required. You've won X attendant is on the way. He's never experienced this. And now I'm jealous because I've never experienced this. I've never in all the time I've been playing slot machines. I've never had a hand pay. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. I tell him, sit tight. Don't walk away from the machine. Somebody's been notified. Somebody will come over. They will pay you your money and you're probably going to have to do some paperwork. And they did. And then I was actually busy at a client's and I'm working and I miss his next text, which is, should I tip the person that pays me? So let me walk through all that with you. You know, first of all, this is great news, right? I've been ribbing Gabriel for a couple of years about leaving money on the table and and not playing his free slot play, not really understanding that he didn't know how. Then he knows how and he walks into the casino and they have some little game to play and he gets given a third of a day's pay in free slot play and now he knows how to play it instead of just ignoring it because it's only good for 24 hours at our local casino. And he goes back in the high limit room and he runs it through the machine. And as I said, on his third spin, he gets paid over 16 days pay. A lot of money. A lot, a lot, a lot of money. The kind of number we, the kind of money we all hope to win when we're playing a slot machine. Trust me when I tell you that. So here's how this all works from there. As I said, I've never had a hand pay, but I know number of people that have. I know how it works. Gabriel now knows how it works as well, but this is how it goes for the, those of you that don't know. And once again, this is how it works everywhere I've been. This may not be true in Zimbabwe. This may not be true in Australia. This may not be true in Monte Carlo. If it is not, and you're listening to this and you're saying, TRG, that is not how it works in Mexico, then send me an email and educate me and I'll educate everybody else and we'll all be the smarter for the process. Everywhere I've been, almost all of North America, if you win more than $1,200, the machine will tell you to wait. You need a hand pay. An attendant is on the way. And that's what you do. You sit tight, you wait. Someone will come up and they are going to ask you to fill out forms for the federal government. In the case of my local casino, they are also going to withhold the taxes owed to the state where the casino resides because the state wants their money immediately. They will pay you out the rest of it. It is considered good manners at this point to tip the slot attendant who took care of this, who came over and took care of the paperwork and everything else. You've got a nice win tip them something and don't be ridiculous about it. You know, I guess it's you and how much you've won, but you know, if I, if I won, if I won $3,000, I'd probably tip between 30 and a hundred dollars just to pick up a number, right? That's a nice tip for a few minutes work. The next thing that you need to be aware of, the next thing that's going to happen is you are going to then receive uh, at the end of the year, you are going to receive what is called a 1099 G uh, just like a 1099 DIV or whatever, 1099 INT that you'd get from your bank, you are going to get a 1099 G, which means the IRS is also going to get a 1099 G and you need to report that on your tax form. And at least the last time I had one of these, which was over 20 years ago, so don't rely on this too heavily. Actually, I'm going to come back and tell you that story in a minute. Come to think of it. I will come back and tell you that story in just a minute. You are responsible for the federal taxes on your gambling wins. 
and at least up until at least 20 years ago when I had it happen to me, that was wins that exceeded gambling losses. And maybe it's a, a bigger number than that right now. Uh, so I shared all that with Gabriel and that all went well. Let me tell you the little quick fun story now that goes with this and we'll then wrap up the segment. The uh, Let me take one pause here and then we'll wrap up the segment. So this is great news, right? I didn't realize Gabriel didn't quite understand how slot machines worked. Now he does. It would have been nice to win more than than a round of drinks the first time, but he just made his gambling month in all likelihood with this one slot machine wins because he now understands how to execute Casino Wisdom number 22 and always play your free slot play. And this is why you always pay, play your free slot play. This is exactly why. Yes, sometimes I'm given $10 of free slot play and I get to the end and I have $3. Sometimes I'm given $50 and I get to the end and I have 50 or $100. But every once in a while, there is the possibility that you are going to get this big payout like this, this big hand pay. Back to the 1099G, back to the fun story, because it is gambling related in a couple different ways. Uh, decades and decades and decades ago, before we had kids, we went out to Las Vegas and we we won a nice chunk of change. Nice for us at the time. Nice, decent win. And so we came back and I was uh, headed off to something that I had to do on a bright, sunny, uh, early evening. And as I'm driving my great big SUV down a small residential street, a young girl comes running out from between two cars, chasing a ball and slams right into the side of my truck. And so, of course, I stop and I go out and her mom is yelling and screaming and she's saying that I'm speeding and she's saying that I hit her little girl and I'm saying, ma'am, would you calm down? Why don't we check on your daughter who's now bouncing up and saying, I'm fine, mommy. Um, but I'm like, why don't we check on your daughter? Why don't we make sure she's OK? She should probably go to the hospital. And this woman is yelling and screaming and I'm saying, we should call the police. We should call 911. We should get your daughter to a hospital then we can sort all of this out. So she calms down. She makes the phone call. She's talking to the little girl. The little girl wants lemonade. Good indication the little girl's all right. Police officer arrives. He talks to the mother on the porch. She's explaining that I was speeding, that I was going at least 70 miles an hour down this residential street, that I hit her daughter, that I ran over her daughter with my car. And he comes to talk to me and he goes, and your version? And I said, well, officer, I said, from my point of view, I was driving down the street. I believe it was a reasonable rate of speed. The young girl came running out from between two cars and she slammed into the side of my SUV and I stopped and she got up and she told her mom she wanted lemonade. And he goes, okay. And I said, as you can see, my car really sure my truck really should go through a car wash, but you can kind of see the spot here where she hit the car and slid a little bit. You can see the imprint of her, uh, not imprint. That's not the right word. You can see the outline of her body as it rubbed off the, the dirt on the side of the car. And he says, okay, I kind of think that's the way that probably happened. And I'm going to make sure this little girl gets to the hospital and gets taken care of. Thank you for sticking around. He took my information and he asked me to stop down in the next 48 hours during business hours and full out a, fill out a full report to the, for the police. 
And obviously after the fact, that's what I did. But as I'm leaving now the scene of the accident, I go, wow, 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 wow. I am really, really lucky. And you know, I don't believe in luck, but this is my thought at the time. We were lucky this weekend in Las Vegas. I am really lucky that this girl hit me. I didn't hit her and I didn't have all that going on in my life. The lottery is at a ridiculous amount of money. I should stop and buy a lottery ticket. Luck comes in threes, which shows you how unsophisticated I was as a gambler at the time. So I buy the lottery ticket. I go about my business. We hit five out of six numbers. Nice win. Wonderful win. As I recall, about $2,400 before taxes. Wonderful, right? Things did come in threes. Good luck did come in threes. We did win. And so, of course, at the time, I'd never encountered something like this before. And my friends who were more experienced with the lottery than I was said, okay, you need to start collecting losing lottery scratch-off tickets because you are going to get a 1099G from the lottery commission. And when you do your taxes, you want losses to offset wins. And understand that at the time, the only place to do any gambling in my state was the lottery. That was the only gambling you could do. So we let Mrs. TRG co-workers know. We let my co-workers know. We collected two shoeboxes full of losing lottery scratch-off tickets so that when it came time to do our taxes, we had evidence of gambling losses to offset our gambling wins so that we did not have to pay any taxes, which I guess we could say we took the crook route of the hero and crook options, yes, I've just admitted it and put my... No, I'm beyond the statute of limitations. Okay, I can't get in trouble with the IRS. Um, <laughs> yes, we took the crook route. We kept the money. We fudged on our taxes a little bit. The point being, if you get a hand pay, just to bring this all around, put a nice little bow on it. If you get a hand pay, you will owe taxes. Don't spend all the money and then talk to a tax accountant about how to handle things correctly. Do not take the advice of an IT guy that you've never met sitting behind a microphone in parts unknown. But that's how we handled our uh, our 1099G. That is how you should handle a hand pay. And I think that very nicely covers Gabriel's experience learning the value of Casino Wisdom number 22, which is always play your free slot play and Unless you find something better, play it using TRG Slot Strategy 1, which is available in the Casino Combat Slot Tactics ebook for you to download. Excellent. So, we're going to spin the ball on the roulette wheel. The ball is going to land, and we will discuss one of the core concepts of Casino Combat. The core concepts of casino combat are the the foundational ideas. They they are the 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 pillars on which good casino gambling is built. They are the most fundamental of things you need to know. And then we expand on them with the various casino wisdoms, with the various techniques, with the wagering systems, with all of that. So you need to understand the core concepts before you understand anything else. And the wonderful thing about having the website revised, revisited, revamped is that now you can go read my thoughts, read the core concepts directly. And that's a wonderful addition to the casino combat arsenal, as ECE would call it. Also, I should not neglect to mention, we do have a YouTube channel. 
It is, of course, called Casino Combat. We're easy enough to find if you spell combat with a K. And on the YouTube channel, we also have a playlist called Boot Camp, in which I did way, way, way back over a year ago, I did uh, 10 to 15 minutes on all the aspects of the core concepts. Talk through them, explain them. They're short, they're simple. I skip the stories. I, I skip the dumb jokes. I, I try to keep it as short and to the point as possible. And I teach all of the core concepts in detail. You can learn the basics of good, fundamental casino gambling in less than 90 minutes in small bite-sized pieces. But I wanted to talk about one of the core concepts specifically today, and that is use a small set amount of money to win a small set amount of money and leave, or lose a small set amount of money and leave. I guess the reason this has been on my mind lately is that my local casino is once again open to an extent that I can pop in, play, and leave very regularly. Very, very regularly. My wife might say too regularly. There was a time during the pandemic where I would take the time to go down. Everything would be full. Everything would be locked down. You know, limited seating, limited dealers, table spaced way apart. And it would be very difficult to get a seat. And if I did get a seat and things didn't go well, it would be very difficult to get a seat again. I was involving a lot of time in doing nothing in a less than comfortable environment. Fast forward to now, things are more open, and I can walk in, take a small amount of money, win the, the, the day's pay that I want to win, and leave. And that is a wonderful thing. And that is a thing that takes discipline and it's a thing that takes focus. But it also means that to go back to one of the, the basic ideas that I've talked about over and over, you can use this as a side hustle. If you have the luxury of a casino relatively close by where you can spend a small amount of time on a regular basis, you can turn this into an income item. So, you know, for me, I walk in, I buy in with my 10 units and I'm trying to win a day's pay. And as soon as I get to that day's pay amount, I leave. And I often hear that most wonderful of things, that thing from another player or a dealer, and they look at you and you know you're doing it right. If they say, oh, you're leaving already? You know you're doing it right. And that's a wonderful thing. That can be a walk-in, win, leave, we're done. But I also want to talk about another aspect of this. And, and this is from the, the same bet YouTube stream that I was on recently, where one of the listeners came with a question and said, you know, that's all fine. This idea of take a small set amount of money, win a small amount of money and leave is fine until you have to drive three and a half hours to get to the casino. And that's very true. It doesn't work that way, right? It just very obviously does not work that way. I drive three and a half hours. I walk in. I win this small amount of money that I want to win. And now I drive three and a half hours back. And I've just involved uh, three and a half, three and a half, seven, an hour to gamble. I've just involved eight hours. Oh, wait, that does work, doesn't it? See, this is why I didn't get a chance to tell that, that, uh, that viewer. I shouldn't say listener. I didn't get to tell that viewer is that, even on that basis, it works. I mean, I realize you can't do it every day. I realize you can't do it Monday through Friday. But as a side hustle, as a second job, as an extra source of income, can you drive three and a half hours, earn a day's pay, drive three and a half hours and have invested eight hours to make a day's pay? Isn't that what we all always do? 
Don't most of us go to work for eight hours and then at some point in the future get a paycheck paycheck for a day's pay for that day's work? It absolutely works. It works fine. Admittedly, it may not be a lot of fun, but it works perfectly. It is a perfectly acceptable way. It is the same as, for instance, having a regular job, doing a regular thing, and then having a second job on the weekend on Saturday where you deliver pizza for eight hours to get eight hours pay. I would argue it's still driving. It's more fun to just drive on the highway, make the money and turn around and leave than it is to schlep pizzas all over the place. And I'm not disparaging people that deliver pizzas. It's a perfectly fine way to make extra money. But so is casino gambling, or at least I think it is. And then maybe eventually you're going to make that three and a half hour drive. And then they're going to say, hey, why don't you just spend the night? Or they're going to send you a postcard that says you're welcome to drive down, spend the night. And now that's the next part I wanted to talk about. So first of all, There is a point there, yes. There is a point where if it's not three and a half hours, this was their example, not mine. If it's not three and a half hours, if it's five hours, this really starts to not work for me if you're not spending the night. But that's the other part of this that I wanted to talk about. When I'm gambling locally, I apply this core concept very much in a leave the building format. That is very much the way I do it. I won my money. I'm good for the day. The shorter the time it took, the better, and I'm out the door. That all makes a lot of sense to me for what I do locally. If I'm traveling a distance, if I'm going to my home casino, no, I'm not. If I go to my home casino, it often goes like this, right? You know, I I, I have a ritual that I like to do. I like to be someplace where I can gamble and then and then maintain my my focus, my control, my all of that by having a cocktail and then gambling. I, I just, that's something I prefer to do as opposed to just rush in and gamble even though I can. But let's apply that then to a trip to my home casino. I've worked a chunk of the day at my regular job. I've done four or five hours of consulting. I've driven then the, the rest of the distance. So I've driven a couple hours. It's mid to late afternoon. I've had a drink. I have a food comp. I have a comped hotel room. If I win my day's pay at the first table, I'm not turning around and driving home for all the very obvious reasons, not the least of which is I have a comped dinner and I have a comped hotel room and I have a casino at my disposal. In this context, the the decision to leave is not in this core concept, leave the building. It is when I'm gambling locally. But when I'm gambling on a trip, it's leave the table. It's go have that comped meal. It's go look at the horses running around the racetrack. It's take a nap. It's go do something else for some small amount of time. Heck, it may even be go over and play a slot machine. Take a break from that gambling. Record the result. Do something different. Ideally, do something non-gambling related. And then do this again. You could very easily, and you've seen if you've been listening for a while, you've seen that we do sometimes pack a week of gambling. Instead of going to the local casino during the pandemic, what would we do? We'd go travel. We'd spend the night. We would get the equivalent of four or five tables in a week's worth of gambling in one visit 
to one casino. So in the three and a half hour thing, although you know, I did illustrate that it should work and should work just fine. Look, the better way to do that is if you got three and a half hours to your nearest casino, go a couple times a month and space out your play at four or five tables and treat it like a week's worth of gambling and hopefully have some fun and some vacation and some comps while you're doing it. And remember that, of course, one of our other core concepts is we are not gambling a table at a time. We are gambling a month at a time, regardless of the outcome. Maybe you're gambling a week at a time if that's the way you want to. We're not trying to win every single table. We are not going to win every single table. But I wanted to come back to that. I wanted to come back to that because, as I said, my local casino is now open. I'm now able to apply this pretty consistently, pretty regularly. And that is going to lead us very nicely into the next item on our battle plan. And we're going to review my results for the week last week in the results segment because I didn't travel. I didn't drive anywhere. I was just at my local casino on a very regular basis. As I said, I did not do any traveling last week for a variety of reasons, both some family commitments and just kind of how everything worked out. And partially because traveling is in a little way seeming less important. In fact, if I had a decent national brand locally, I would do a lot less traveling. We would travel just because we felt like traveling as a couple, not to keep the wheels in motion and the wheels in play. Uh, we, we enjoy that. We enjoy that a great deal. Um, but when my local casino was part of a national brand, when my local casino was part of Caesars, we didn't necessarily do as much traveling because I could accumulate tiers and status and benefits and points and perks at my local casino without doing much of a drive. And then we would just vacation at other uh, Caesars rewards destinations. We are kind of falling back a little more into that mode as things get a little busier. It's changing things up. We're still going to do a lot of traveling, but this is just results. This is very honestly just every day, Monday through Friday, I went to my local casino where it fit in my day like it was a job. Fun job, job where I have a lot of friends, but I'll bet some of you have jobs where you have lots of friends. So I just went to my local casino like it was a job. And what I want to do for this results segment is I am just going to walk you through each of those days relatively quickly. And then I'm going to make a couple observations along the way and share a couple of fun stories. So Monday, parking comp, free bet, Amazon gift card, winning blackjack table, winning craps table, losing slot machine, leave, win a day's pay. Boom, 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 boom. Simple, straightforward, just like a job. Tuesday, parking, free slot play. I won about as much money as I was given from the free slot play. That's, of course, TRG slot strategy one. Simple, straightforward. They gave me free slot play. I took money. Got a lottery ticket. Hung out with Gabriel a little bit. Lost some money playing craps, which is fine. It was as much hanging out with my friend Gabriel. I was probably very literally, while I intended to win, I had won the day before and I was gambling to be social. I was gambling to be entertained a little bit. Losing blackjack table, another losing blackjack table. So I'm not having a lot of fun now. It's feeling like a job. Um, I, I used the Meta Martingale. I went to tier two. I had a nice win. 
I had a nice enough win that I could actually risk some money at the craps table. I did risk some money at the craps table and I won and I left and I had two days pay in my pocket uh, as a result of that. But let me tell you a really kind of to tie back into it. We've been talking off and on about this whole idea of found money in a casino and what are your obligations and what are your obligations? If it's a slip of paper, somebody fell on the floor and we've talked through that a variety of different ways. So I had one fun kind of little quick thing that happened. I'm at the craps table. At this point, I know all the dealers on day shift at the craps table, not, you know, or, or most of them and they know me. And so I'm right beside the stick. I'm right beside the, the, the dealer in the middle of the table that kind of controls the game. And as I look down, there is a penny lying on the floor beside my boot. And so I thought, okay, this is a kind of a fun test. This is a test of that theory. And so I, I pointed down and I, I said to him, hey, Ralph, there's a penny on the floor here. Would you like me to pick it up and hand it to you so that we can follow the rules and make sure it gets back to our rightful owner? Or would you like me to just make that penny go away? And he said, well, I'd really like you to make that penny go away because I don't want to fill out the paperwork. And next time, please pick the penny up and don't involve me in it. I don't want to get fired. And so I actually did say to him a couple of days later, hey, you know, that thing we were talking about the other day, would you have really gotten fired for that? And he goes, eh, probably not. I've got some seniority. The union would have gotten involved, but technically, yes, it's a fireable offense, but I don't feel like filling out the paperwork. Just don't ask me next time. And I said, okay, lesson learned. And I made a note that I wanted to share that with all of you. Uh, Wednesday, slot parlor with the horse track. This is the, the do it once a week, do it like it's a job part of this, right? This is the one, if you've not been listening, let me back up. I always have to assume we have a new listener for the first time. On the way to one of my clients, there is a what's called a racino. It's slot machines, which are technically virtual lottery tickets and a horse racing track and a couple nice restaurants. And uh, every week they give me some free slot play. And I'm not cr- really sure why anymore because I haven't actually gambled any of my own money there in months and months and months and months. But they, they give me some, some free slot play and sometimes some money for food and sometimes a gift. So... I just stopped, jump off, and as it often does, played my free slot play, got some free money, got some loaf pans for baking, and I know that because it says on the packaging that they are loaf pans, and then I took my money, and they had, I'm sure because of Lent, they had a fried shrimp special, which was an excellent lunch, an excellent way to spend 35 minutes and get fed for free, some free cash and some loaf pans that I suspect will probably just get sold to someone at a discount. And then from there, I headed to my local casino because this is a job. This is a side hustle. And I had free parking and I had two losing blackjack tables. I had a small craps win using the uh, use six bets to win six bets. And, and it it was a meaningful win because I'm still testing that process out. I've talked about it a little bit. I had already lost four bets. So I had already lost uh, over half of my buy-in. And then I managed to come all the way back from that and ended up having a nice win and got a nice set of tier credits out of that. I lost at the blackjack table, went to the second tier of the Meta Martingale. This is where I double my unit size and I lost and then I went to the third tier of the Meta Martingale, and that lets me play in high limit, and that's kind of nice, but I lost. And then I was sad, 
Not really. I'm kidding. Um, I was not happy. I was not sad. It happens. It's data. And I played a losing slot machine on the way out. As I said, you can say that's a bad day. Or you can say I gamble almost every day of the week. And I came in and I executed my plan. And I didn't win. I went all the way to the end of my plan. I went all the way to tier three of the meta Martingale. uh, And I didn't win. And it's in the app and it's data. And we will see uh, next episode when we end the month. We will see if that ruined my month or didn't ruin my month. And the ironic thing about this, and maybe I spoke it into existence, but I actually said a couple of episodes ago that it had been going really good. I get to tier two. We saw that on Tuesday of that of this week, right? This past week. Tuesday, get to tier two, have a nice win, win a couple days pay, win some money at the craps table. You feel like a genius. You feel like an unbeatable giant made of iron. It's wonderful. And then you do have days like this where you go all the way through your plan and it doesn't work and you end up leaving, losing uh, four days pay. Not fun. Wiped out all my win for the, for the week. Not, uh, not fun in that regard. Thursday, parking, gift card to my local grocery store. Two losing blackjack tables. Go to level two. Go to tier two of the Meta Martingale. Nice win. Didn't get quite all the way to a day's pay. Needed one more table to finish getting to a day's pay. Was really close. Had it locked in. Had the money sitting in front of me. Was going to leave the table with the win that I needed to win with. I made my last bet. I was going to leave if I lost this one. Not a problem. I was going to be fine for the day. I get a pair of eights. I split them. I get another eight. I split it again. I get a two. I need to double. I do that. I get another eight somewhere in that mix. And if you followed that train of thought, somehow I didn't lay that out correctly. But I end up with eights split four times and doubled once. And I didn't win any of them. My win is wiped out, at least in terms of a whole day's pay. The win is 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 wiped out. And I decided that at that point, I've won less than a third of a day's pay, but I do have a win and I am just going to wrap it up and call it a day and be done. And once again, I consider that executing to the plan in the sense that I reached the point where I was mentally fatigued enough. I'd had a full work day and I'd had an extended afternoon, late afternoon, early evening of gambling. And I was just going to call it a day. One, won some money for the day. Friday comes free parking, free bet, winning table times two, winning slot machine, out plus a day's pay, and for the week, we finished up last week, received a whole bunch of stuff, got a lot of tier credits, but finished with a day's pay less than what I started the week with. So a losing week in the sense of cash, uh, lots of stuff. I suspect if I added up all the stuff, the stuff would offset the losing uh, the day's pay lost, but still uh, a losing loss of a day's pay for the week of Casino Combat. The final thing we're going to do is we are going to go spend a few minutes in the virtual VIP lounge with some sips and a quick story. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to moment in gambling podcasting, the virtual VIP lounge. Our space to relax have some sips, and share some stories, which is one of my favorite casino activities, having drinks and swapping stories with other gamblers. As always, 
every time we're in the virtual VIP lounge, you have two choices. Since this is a virtual VIP lounge, we have virtually anything you would like to virtually enjoy. If you are driving, gardening, or working out, please select a virtual beverage of your choice and try to enjoy it theater of the mind style. If you are able, press pause, pour yourself something to enjoy, and join me in a drink. Today, I'm trying something new, Tito's Soda with a splash of cranberry. And I'm doing that Eric style. And I guess, let me explain. This is a short story. So let me do the story before the story and explain what Eric style is. You see, sadly, my local casino no longer has a VIP lounge. A tremendous flaw in, in, in that property, in my opinion. But when it had, before the pandemic, it had a wonderful VIP lounge, a, a really great VIP lounge. And there were three dedicated bartenders there Eric, Dave, and Crystal. And Crystal spelled her name with a K before Casino Combat made it cool. And we got to know those bartenders very well. They were the only bartenders for that space. They were the same bartenders for that space. We got to know them. We got to know their stories. We often met them outside of outside of their job to spend time with them just as friends and just as people. And we noticed something very, very interesting. Uh, that is, Mrs. TRG and I noticed something very, very interesting. Is that... If Dave made us a drink, it would always have garnish. And if Eric made us a drink, it would have a bit stronger pour and no garnish. So kind of as an inside joke between the two of us. And now between all of us, uh, if we're out somewhere, if, if we're out at a casino someplace or we're having dinner and a drink arrives with garnish, we go, oh, that's David style. Uh, in this case, I did not take time to chop up a lime. This drink... It's good. It would be better with a lime. Uh, I don't have a lime. I did not cut up a lime for one drink. So I am having my Tito's and soda with a splash of cranberry juice, Eric style, which is to say no garnish. Uh, Sorry, you know me, folks. (laughs) There's always a story before the story to get to the story that I'm going to tell you about the story we're going to tell. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's the rambling part of the rambling gambler, I guess, everybody. Anyway, so... A number of years ago, well, let me back way up. Back in the day, back in the distant way back day, there was, beside the Flamingo Casino, a a casino called O'Shea's. It had an Irish theme. And just a very small casino, no hotel, just basically a very wide hallway with a bar and a set of tables and some uh, slot machines around the walls. And they also uh, had a very fun tradition of having beer pong. And so it was very much a place to drink and party and hang out and play low limit uh, table games. And that was nice. It was right across the street from uh, from Caesars, right beside the Flamingo, right next to what was at the time the Imperial Palace. And so it was a nice little low roller place amongst some more expensive places. And at some point it got torn down. Well, maybe not so much torn down as reconfigured and made part of the Flamingo, but called Margaritaville. And there's a Margaritaville restaurant. Uh, You may have noticed Jimmy Buffett's one of my favorite singers. So it was certainly an upgrade, but it was also a, a nice little casino that was gone. So fast forward, the casino's there, then the casino's gone. Margaritaville's there. They reconfigure the Imperial Palace and they call it the Quad and eventually they call it the Link. 
and they put in the Link Promenade and turn a uh, dirty, grungy uh, alley into a very nice shopping, dining, entertainment complex. And I'm there to see that for the first time with my friend, The Artiste. You might remember The Artiste. I just went to Las Vegas uh, recently to celebrate his 50th birthday as a surprise. And so we're on a seven stars trip, which is the Caesars top tier. And so they give you airfare and a limo and a hotel room and, and, and all that stuff. So I had a seven stars trip that, to take and my wife couldn't go with me. So the artiste goes with me. And one of the things on the agenda is to go see this new link promenade that's been built. And it's the day before St. Patrick's Day. And we are walking down the promenade and lo and behold... They have recreated the, the O'Shea's Casino right there on the side of, of the Link, connecting the Link Promenade to the main casino in the Link proper. And I am stunned and amazed because they've gotten it right. They have completely recreated the entire casino. They even, they don't anymore and it's a bummer, but they even have the chips from O'Shea's. They had boxed up the chips, they had warehoused the bar, and they had reassembled the whole thing, beer pong, everything. It is wonderful, and I cannot wait to go in and gamble there, as I had gambled so many times previously in the original O'Shea's. It's a trip down memory lane, and we're having a great time. It is low-stakes gambling, so the artiste is happy. He's, he's a little more in his comfort zone, and at some point, at some moment, I have uh, a total of 11 in my first two cards, and the dealer has a 7 showing, and so I, of course, double. I'm playing basic, <laughs> easy for me to say, I'm playing basic strategy, and I get a 10. And I say to the dealer, all right, here we go. We're in good shape here. Just no shenanigans, indicating that I just need her to turn over a 10. And, and I'll win. I just don't need anything weird to happen like a five-card 21 to ruin this. I want no shenanigans. And a pit boss comes over, and he's looking very agitated, stern. Maybe stern's the better word to describe this. And he tells the dealer to not, to not deal. And he says, sir, you are in the wrong casino. And I said, wait, what do you mean I'm in the wrong casino? He goes, you are, you are in the wrong casino if that is what you are looking for. And I, I bit hook, line and sinker. And I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean I'm in the wrong casino? And he points, he says, look behind you, sir. And so I look over my shoulder and sure enough, there is a pillar. And on the pillar, it says, O'Shea's, your casino for fun and shenanigans. Clear as day. He was right. I was wrong. I was in the wrong casino if I did not want shenanigans. And St. Patrick's Day is coming up pretty quickly here in the not-too-distant future. And this story was on my mind. And so I thought I'd take a minute and share that today. O'Shea's is, in fact, not the place if you do not want shenanigans with your gambling. Tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. If you get a hand pay from a slot machine, tip your slot attendant. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it. Hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening.